In this episode of the Encourage and Inspire podcast, I'm joined by music producer, audio engineer, and music educator, Danny Jones. Man, this is a great episode. I love when I get a chance to talk to OGs in the game that have done so much, man. And Danny Jones is one of these people, man. And uh, this is a great episode because we talked about how mostly how new independent new artists and new industry professionals should approach how to get into the industry. I mean, from everything from etiquette to understanding how to be of service to other people and how to help them get where they need to go and understanding that value matters and so many things, man. Danny also talked about, you know, knowing who to hire and just being around people that you actually enjoy being around because of, you know, the small industry that we're in and the right type of people that you just want to be around when you're working on these projects, you know, in studio and things of that nature. And we also chatted about, you know, his early parts of his career and his earliest memories of music, as well as ending the episode talking about the ability to pivot and reinvent yourself to last a long time in the industry. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. another episode of the Encourage Inspire podcast, episode number 76, and I've got a great friend of mine, a longtime entertainment industry professional. He is a music producer, mixer, engineer, drummer, and educator, uh, Mr. Danny Jones. How you doing today, man? Man, working on wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. And, and you and I got connected through... My good friend and mentor, Mr. Barry Coffing, who's been on this, uh, been on my podcast, and you guys work directly with uh, artists that I work with, Xavier Keys, who uh, I both, who I believe in very, very, very much, uh, and great, great talent, you know. So, and I've been working with him for such a long time, but that's how you and I got familiar with each other, right? Um, right, and it's it's just been it's just been a great, great time, and I've got a chance to just learn about you and, and the things that you've done. And and I just knew that being on this podcast would be great. You know, um, my podcast, usually I talk about one of three things, disability awareness, uh, music business topics, or and then people's stories that encourage and inspire me. Usually one of those three elements, three silos that I work through. And I thought that it would be great to have you on to talk about your, your great career in the industry and you're still going and still having fun. Yep. <laughs> awesome, 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 man. So yeah, so you're from um, you're from a, you're from Northeast Arkansas, correct? So, from so, a town so, called Jonesboro. Jonesboro. And my I'm family still- did not start the town. But, uh, <laughs> I every once in a while, I haven't in a long time, but I kind of put people on about. Oh yeah, my family started the town. We own everything. And I just wanted to go out on my own. And, and then finally, I just thought, hey, man, that's not true. <laughs> I am a Jones, and I am from Jonesboro. Jonesboro, Arkansas is about 70 miles northwest uh, of Memphis. Mm, okay. 
if that kind of zeroes in gotcha. a little bit where that is. So I, I grew up growing uh, to Memphis a lot. That's great. That's great. With that also probably would be a reason why you work with so many great artists. <laughs> well, you know, uh, for one, I, I have been very blessed mm-hmm. uh, to get to do a lot of the things, you know, that I have done. Right. Uh, but, you know, when people, you know, ask me about things like that, it's just I also worked really hard. Yeah. You, know? I mean, you have and to. You have to. to, to, to I, uh, I tried to always have a good attitude. Right. And whenever there was an opportunity that presented itself, I try to take advantage of it. You know, you, you don't want to waste those. You know, if, if a door opens up and and they invite you in, you, you better have your act together. <laughs> right. You, you know, or that door may not open so easily next time. Matter of fact, it probably won't. Well, and, you know, it's interesting, Danny, because I always tell people about the music industry. It's a small industry. People don't understand how people don't understand how small it really is until you get inside of it. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. People think the entertainment business is this big, huge place and tons of people. But believe it or not, it's a very small industry and everybody kind of knows everybody um, on the way up. You know what I mean? It, Go ahead. Absolutely. You know, I had this this same conversation uh, last weekend. You know, as I mentioned to you, I'm in New Orleans right now working mm-hmm. on the, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Mm-hmm. And there were... Uh, what three of us in the van that takes us over the world? One's from New York, one's from Atlanta, and, uh, and I live in the, the Houston area right now. And we mm-hmm. started talking about that very thing. Mm-hmm. At uh, and I have, you know, I've worked in a lot of different cities in the country, uh, and if it's in the, the the music business, if I'm talking to somebody, I don't think I've ever been anywhere that if we didn't talk enough long enough. We had at least one or two mutual friends. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't care if you're talking New York, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Atlanta, every, every place that I've been, that yeah. that's been the case. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It's like six degrees of separation, like two now, like yeah. two. Not even it's like it just it's just interesting like that. And it's been the same for me. Like I was because I haven't been in the industry as long as you have, but I mean, but this. As far as just who I know, like, hey, you know this person? How how do you guys connect them? Man, I'm, you know, you know such and such, and this is interesting that people just don't realize how small this place. And 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 before the internet, you had to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. It was like yeah. you didn't get nowadays. You could just kind of use the internet, and that's what's kind of made it a lot of the BS out here and a lot of the fluff out here that is <laughs> out here because everybody thinks they can make a record because they can sing or they can, you know, or they should be making records anyway. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Or they, and, they think they think they're an engineer because they own a computer. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And, and, you know, at the same time, I, I make that comment that that's not putting down people who start out, you know, trying to, you know, to learn this. But... Right. You need to learn it, and uh, yeah, I would. Well, anyway, I'll, no, no, I'll just stop no, no, no. with that. No, it's true, you know, because you got to think. Like, so obviously, I'm a graduate of Full Sail University, so I'm sure you probably ran around. I'm sure you've probably run into a few people from Full Sail. Oh, absolutely, uh, I have o- over the years. several several friends who uh, went to school there. Yeah, so I actually live 
five minutes from the campus. I'm here in Orlando, Florida, and I went into the business program. And I, and I always say, people that go to Full Sail, we all want to be there because of what we love doing. We love this thing called entertainment, especially if you're in the audio space. You know, they they take that stuff seriously. You know, we just had one of my buddies. Uh, we uh, we every year we have what they call the Hall of Fame, which is like our homecoming, and it's where like they induct they induct six six uh, six people every year from various degree programs, and the key is you have to be graduated ten years and made significant impacts in the industry and also have given back to the school. Right. And the way full cell works is we work. We're not like a just traditional school where we have like six month long semesters. You have a month. Each course is a one month long. So, you know, there's only so much you can learn in a month. Right. So right. it's a trunk. It's a truncated program. You know, but the goal is to get you in and get you out, and get you working. So one of my buddies that got inducted in there is uh, Brandon Blackwell, who's a front of the house engineer. Uh does stuff for Neo and and uh, stuff for other people, and even with and, and even and he graduated in 2013 and he made it his first year of eligibility. But what I, what I found interesting was he said, "Man, even in the midst of success, it's still difficult because sometimes you're like, man, do I really is it? Because when you deal with the BS that comes along with it, the stuff that you you never you don't foresee happening, like it's questions you like, do you really want to keep doing this? Is it worth it?" You know, it's got to be bigger than money. It's got to be bigger than money. You know what I mean? Because money, you know, oh, yeah. I, I know for me, Danny, for me, man, working with new artists, we're doing what I do as a consultant, as a provider, as an educator, working with new artists, people that haven't built anything yet. Uh, and because that's who really needs my help. Right. And because I feel like that's where I make the biggest impact in, in the space. I don't really work with the one percenters. I work with the, the new artists, what I call the nine to nine percent. So being that being said, a lot of them don't have a lot of money. So, and then you deal with the excuse after excuse after excuse. My dog died. This happened. We got to do this. You know, it's what they don't understand is like, okay, I've, I know I want to get paid on this day. I have a lot of those funds to come over here. And then when they don't come, it's like you have to pivot and do something. Else. And it's just, it's just the nature of the game. So if you want to do this thing in the entertainment business, you got to be prepared mentally for all of that. Because the money doesn't flow on a straight line. It's not like a linear job, a linear career where you know you're going to get paid every other Friday. You know. Well, you know, I've here's my philosophy. And by the way, everything that I say is my opinion based on my experiences. Right. right. You know, someone else could uh, could agree or disagree. Right. Uh, based on their experiences, but. So I just want to say that on the front end, these are my opinions. Right. But I, I like to think that, and I think people need to think that we're almost like two people, especially an artist, but but really everybody that's in the business. We're like, uh, let's just, I'll use me, for example. Okay, there's this guy named Danny Jones, who's me. By the way, there's a few Danny Joneses on the planet, yeah. but, uh, to say the least. Yeah, but there's there's Danny, the person, uh -huh. you know, and then there's Danny, who's the producer or the engineer or the artist. Yeah, and you have to keep those separate. It, again, my opinion, right? Because 
and you have to look at things like that because you, when you talk about artists starting out, you know, as people, we all matter. You know, we're all important. We're human beings, and right. we should try to treat everybody with the same respect that that we hope that we get treated with. But now let's look at yourself as an artist, and like when you talk with the people that you're talking about, right. your value is zero yeah. when you start out, and you need to understand that because I've seen people with no track record, no anything, who want to be treated like stars. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is not reality. Right. <laughs> and, you know, you know this as well, or if not better than me. You know, if somebody's difficult to work with and has an attitude and they're not worth anything. Right. Next. Right. <laughs> right. You know, because I see that, you know, every once in a while I'll have someone that'll call me, you know, about, doing an internship and right. I, I take that stuff very very seriously right because for one uh and i don't usually uh i mean if they're doing an intern with me i don't usually pay them to do it right because i feel like i'm paying them by taking my time when someone says well i'll work for free and it's like okay but you have to understand it's now going to take me longer to do my job because i'm having to show you what to do Exactly. Yep. You know, yep. and uh, I mean, I had a guy who got really upset with me one time because I wouldn't take him on. Uh-huh. And I said, I, I just don't have time, you yep. know, to do this. And I said, and, and quite honestly, by the time you get to a point of where you could actually be valued to me, you're, you're going to leave. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> and, and somebody got mad at me. Another person got irritated. I, irritated is probably a better word. Okay. Uh, because they said, well, that's not very nice of you to help people. And, and it's like, I've helped tons and tons of people. people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really have. And, and you know what? I'm happy to do that when I can. Yeah. Uh, I had some people along the way that did things for me that, you know, they didn't have to do. Of course. I've never, never, ever, ever forgotten that. Right. And I, I want to help people. A lot. A lot of times you help people by telling them things, whether they want to hear it or not. You know, would you say, hey, look, you, you have to you have to come in with a great attitude. I tell when people work with me, I said, listen, this is this is the phrase you need to learn and say a lot. And it is this. What can I do to help? Yes. Yes. That's what I want to hear, because those are the people when there is a job. Or if, if someone's calling and say, hey, could you recommend somebody to me? Those are the people I'm either going to hire or I'm going to recommend to someone else who is hiring. Absolutely. I'm, I think that and that's one of the things that um shout out to my mentor, my friend, Leslie Brathwaite, great full cell guy, great mix engineer, you know. But he always says, tells the kids and when he's coming up, and he always says, like, do learn to do the things I don't want to do. That's gonna be the big. That's gonna be the easiest way to get in with me. What do I? What, what do I don't? What do I, what I don't want to do? Learn to do that really well. <laughs> I, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but but he's right. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> well, and and I'll tell you something. Uh, there has been an opportunity, and and probably still is, but especially in some past years. For those engineers like myself who've been around for a long time, we all started on analog consoles, yeah, tape for machines. Sure. For sure. The young guys that I ended up hiring 
were the MIDI programmers. Yeah. Were the guys who were learning the computers. That taught you, uh, right? Yeah, well, I just and sometimes I would just hire them. You take care of it because that's depending on how you're using it. Like a computer these days for me, uh, even though it can do a lot of things, it's still basically a storage medium. Yeah. You, you know, because if you're on a session, whether you have outboard mic trees or you're on a console, uh, you know, in, in the analog days, then we just recorded everything to a tape machine. But yeah. today, all the recording aspects of it are, are kind of the same. I mean, you know, there's always differences, but basically if you're cutting, let's just say a, a four or five piece rhythm section, right? you're using that computer as a storage medium, just like we used to use tape machines. Yeah. And uh, so there's the whole engineering part of how do we get sounds? How do we make things sound really good, you know, going into this computer over there? So a lot of the young guys were just hired because they knew how to operate the computers. The engineers didn't have to be concerned with that because we just work on, you know, getting the best performances and sounds, you know, out of the, the musicians. Yeah. And once you get into the production work, you know, that's a whole other thing. But yeah. anyway, everyone that I know that even, you know, our guys that we've been doing it for a long time, pretty much everybody's you know, fairly savvy, you know, yeah. about a computer. So it's not yeah. like it, it used to be, but, right. but again, see, that was one of those things. It's exactly like what, what your, uh, what your friend said, engineers didn't want to mess with it. Yeah. We had enough to deal with, hire this guy to do that. And then once you're in the door and then you can do that, then opportunities present themselves. You know, Absolutely. I have, well, there's an old saying, and it's so true. Half of being successful is just showing up. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. See, I can't. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have played on records because I was the engineer. And I know we were we were mixing a record just years ago on an artist, and we got into this one song, and we forgot to put a solo on it. Oh, wow. You know, sometimes these projects, you know, they go really fast. And, you know, you're doing 10 or 12 songs and yeah. you're doing all this. And it's like, I mean, we're mixing. So it's not like, oh, let's call somebody. Well, there was a mini Moog in the room. Okay. I played the mini Moog solo. <laughs> and was this like this wonderful solo? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I can tell you that. And I pretty much used the sound that was already set up from the session before because I'm by no means a wizard. Yeah. Program, a mini mode, but I got a credit on the record for doing a mini mode solo because I was there. There, right, right. You, know, you, I, you just got to be ready, like you said. Like a lot of times, you know, I've heard engineers, you know, they will say, "Look, I got to some work with Missy Elliott because she didn't like one of my other colleagues, Marcella Rika, another great mix engineer. You know, she she got into her shot." Because Missy, the engineer, didn't show up that day. All right, you're here. You do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, a lot of times you never know when your opportunity is going to come. You just have to just say yes. Even in when, even in the in the business aspects of things, even if you don't know how to do something, say yes and figure it out later. You know what I mean? Just yeah, you never, you never yeah. know when that opportunity is going to come again. So You, you don't want to turn <laughs> it down. Now, you don't want to blow it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, if you totally, totally, totally don't have a clue, yeah. then, well, more than likely you wouldn't be asking in the first place. But, yeah. you know, don't be afraid if if you're nervous or scared <laughs> because we're all nervous and scared, scared. Yeah. At, at some time. But, yeah. you know, the people who generally survive are the people who can work under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. there is pressure that comes along with this. Oh yeah, you have to deliver, yeah. and you have to deliver at a at a at a over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? They, you can't just deliver one time. <laughs> you got to be able to deliver no. over and over and over again at the level that they're expected to. You know, deliver. You know, I had a, a young lady ask me uh, a few years ago. We, we were on a plane uh-huh. uh, after Jazz Fest was over, and uh, she was. I think she lived in Boston, but we were going. I was going home. She was going to another airport to catch yeah. a connecting flight. And, yeah. and she asked me, she said, don't you get nervous working with all those big jazz acts on, on the stage? And I had to think about my response for a minute. And I thought, well, yeah, uh, ahead of time and maybe just right before, Yes. But when the show starts, if I'm letting my time thinking about being nervous, I'm not doing my job. Exactly. I'm too busy doing my job, job. <laughs> right. to, get, to get nervous. Right. And, right. I, you know, I thought about it and I thought, ah, Jones, that was actually a pretty good answer. Uh, yeah. But I consider it an accurate answer. No, so, I mean. Because, I mean, you know, we all get nervous. Yeah. I, I was telling somebody this the other day, and I said, "Well, you know, that's actually a good sign. It shows that you care." Yeah, you know, yeah. because yeah. I don't care how many credits you have and all the stuff you've done in the past. That kind of doesn't matter if you, if you totally blow it today. Yeah, yeah. So it's just you know what you said a moment ago. You, yeah. you got to do this over and over again. Yeah. But when you when you focus and you try to do the best you can do every single time, that forms a habit. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. habit is always do the best you can do. And whenever you get nervous, you fall back on your habits. Yeah. If you have created, I'm, I'm repeating myself, no, but sure. if you have created the habit of doing the absolute best I know to do every single time, then yeah. even when you're nervous, goes on habits, cool, business you, as usual. You're going to win, right. And you have to, you know, for, for young people coming into the game, I'm just like one of the things that, I hear engineers always talk about is know how to have studio etiquette, know how to have etiquette in the room. Like no one yeah. to shut up, no one to talk, and no one to shut the hell up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's oh, crazy. listen, I I do. <laughs> I have had to, and actually, I, I couldn't believe this guy did because he was actually a full sale graduate. Oh wow! This, okay. this this intern. This was many years ago, and boy, he said something that was so inappropriate during recording. And I just turned and I said, what, what did you say? <laughs> Don't say anything. We're going to talk later. And when I got to a break, I said, do you know how out of line you were saying that? And he said, well, no. Because the singer said, <clears throat> I was punching for a, a, one part of, of this song. And right. Anyway, she, she was singing and she sang part of it out of tune. And she okay. was out of tune. Yeah. But he says in a very loud tone. Wow, that sure was out of tune. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Like, 
<laughs> you know, you don't say that. Right. You know, just don't. I said, didn't anyone ever tell you that? Yeah. And he said, no, I, I find that hard to believe. Right. He probably, he may not have heard someone say it, but I'll guarantee you, you know, you know, someone said that. But, you know, at the same time, I was now I know people that would have just ringed him, man, and kicked yeah. him out of the room. Yeah. I didn't do that because uh, I thought, OK, this guy just doesn't know. No. Yeah, so so I'm going to tell him and I'm <laughs> going to give him another shot. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes I can be a really nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe not 100 percent of the time. But, you know, again, I try to treat people decently. Exactly. And but you know what? If if now I never worked with him again, just because I didn't always work at that studio. Uh, if he would have done that to me another time, I would have I would have said, no, give me somebody else. Yeah. You know, I, I'll give somebody, you know, one big mistake like that. And, and you know, my client was cool. He just laughed because he understood it, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, some of the kids, some of the kids coming up, you know, a lot of times, too. Right. They So they, they say, well, I want to be a mix engineer. That's the only thing I have. like my understanding. Look, when you get in the field, nobody cares what the hell you did on campus. Nobody cares. Like when you're out here, you better be able to do whatever they ask you to do. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. You know, and, and, and so, you know, a lot of students, I feel like they get, you know, they get in the situation of they feel like, okay, well, I don't want to be a mix engineer, but that might not be the opportunity that comes up for you first. You know, you have to have to take the opportunity that comes for you <clears throat> to get yourself in the door of certain situations. And by the way, Danny, these days, the big studios are closing down. So you can't just say, hey, I want to go work in a big, a lot of those big studios yeah. are not going to be in existence for much longer. So now, versus, yeah. you know, go ahead. I, I, th I mean, I think there will, I think some will survive and, and they yeah. are. Yeah. But by and large, you are correct. I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm seeing it. It's tougher uh, to get into the business. On one hand, on one hand, it looks like, well, it's easier because yeah. people can learn to do things. There's a million YouTube videos out there yeah. on how to do everything. And some of them are good. <laughs> some of them, you know, because I, I mean, I watch, you know, I mean, I have my heroes. You know, right. you know in this business, when I see they're doing a, uh, you know, a video on something, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. You know, it, I don't care. I remember one time I, I watched a, a video that was about, Oh, I don't know, 35 minutes long. And I'm watching and it's like, well, this is good. Yeah, these people know what they're they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and about the time I go, well, okay, I spent time on this, but and and they're good, but they haven't told me anything that I don't already know until one comment was made about something. And I went, Oh wow, I never thought about that like that. Right. And it was like it was worth that whole 35 or 40 minutes, whatever it was. Right. To, to get that one thing to think about just a little bit differently. You know, and it wasn't something totally new, but it was just a different perspective on something that I thought, this is good. You know, we need to all work on our, you know, our toolbox, so to speak, uh, 
the more information that we have, the more information we have. And the better you can make some decisions. Because you're exactly right. If you're if you're a mixer or recording engineer, either one, and a client asks you for something, you need to know how to deliver it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, not everybody does. I mean, none of us are all knowledge, right? Especially when we start out, right? We're not. You don't even have a clue how much you don't know, right? <laughs> you know, when you first start out, I keep yeah. finding out more and more that I don't know, and I go, "Golly, I'm supposed to be good at this." Yeah, but my gosh, I, that list and, just keeps getting and longer. That, and that's the beauty of having the younger people who who come up in the digital space, who can teach you things, even and you learn. And can adapt it to your work habits and your workflow. So I think there's always opportunities to learn from young people. I think if you want to hang around a long time in anything you do, especially in this business, keep young people around you because they're going to tell you, okay, this is what's hot right now. Like you like because there's certain things that you're not supposed to know what's hot. You like you're not supposed to know always. This is what. Well, you know, nobody has all the answers. But you better know where to go to get them. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and one of those sources is like what you said, you know, young people coming up. Uh, but there's all kinds of uh, resources. And, you know, when I was starting out, you know, the Internet wasn't around. Oh, okay. okay, right. And, you know, there weren't a gazillion recording schools. Yeah. You know, like there are now. Yeah. And I just had to learn. Of course, I, I started learning from the engineering and the producing aspect because I got into this as a musician. Yeah. And so when I started doing that, I, which was kind of by accident, I really didn't in the beginning did not go, I'm going to learn to be a recording engineer. Yeah. I just ended up it just, it sort of evolved into it. And one day I thought, wow, this is kind of being an engineer, isn't it? And, uh, and then I got really, really serious about it. I read everything I could get my hands on. And I was fortunate that through all the years, even though I was not like this big, huge session guy, I had done a lot of recording sessions. Right. And I'd get on the phone and I'd call friends, you know, and I'd say, man, I got a session coming up and there's a French horn. How do you mic a French horn? Right. You know? I mean, right. I remember specifically, I made that phone call to a friend because <laughs> I, I wasn't sure how to do it. Yeah. But uh, but I learned how to do it. And, you know, the more you do it, all this stuff, you know, obviously the better the better you get at it. Absolutely. But, you know, again, know, know what you're doing, but have a great attitude. Yeah. I don't care if somebody – and I've, I've seen this happen too. It's like this guy doesn't know anything, but what a great attitude. Yeah. You, 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 you root for guys like that because the truth is it's just like – we take out the music for a second, right? So um, – when you get when you when you get hired for, when you when you go to college, you go to college for skills and training, right? But when you get hired in a company, they're going to teach you their processes, and they're going to teach you how they want you to do it. But that college degree used to, used to just basically mean you started something, you finished it, you know you can at least do that. We're mm -hmm. going to teach you based on what we need you to know. So sometimes. As long as, like you said, showing up is half the battle. So that's half the battle. Yeah. Type of thing. Because we'll, if we like you, we'll teach you 
what you want to be around, what you want to, what you what we want you to know. So being a good person, being a good individual, being good, having good energy is so important because you don't want to be around people with bad energy. I'm an energy guy. You know, know, a friend of mine uh, who is an engineer in Nashville told me that uh, this is, again, back years ago when people were booking, they would generally book sometimes like about a month to do an album. Yeah. And he, he was telling me a lot of times, he said, you know, when producers are making decisions on who they're going to hire as an engineer, I mean, of course you have to be able to deliver, but they really made the decision based on who they wanted to sit next to for the next month. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. is this a nice, pleasant person that's fun to be around? Because yeah. you, you could have a guy that's uh, maybe is a great engineer, but has a horrible attitude. You want to hang around that? Yeah. I don't think so. Right. Hey, and let me say this too, because I use the term guys a lot. Okay. That has nothing to do with gender. Right. Uh, right. Right. You know, I've I've had several, you know, female interns through the years. Uh and I've I've worked with musicians and, and engineers who, you know, who were who were females who were absolutely wonderful. So you know, people especially especially older people, they already know this stuff. Yeah. Uh, that I'm saying, but you know, any young person that Here's it. Keeps me referring to guys, and sometimes I'll tell women this too, and they'll go, "Ah, we we get it." Yeah. You know, because <laughs> I, it doesn't matter to me. It just yeah. matters. I don't care, and and I truly mean this. I don't care what your gender is, what where you're from, what color you are. I don't care about any of that. I care that you come in with a good attitude, and if yeah. I'm hiring you for something specific, that you're really good at it. Yeah. But I'm going to go for whoever I think is the best. Absolutely. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, having a great attitude is absolutely what it's all about, man. I totally agree with you, man. So um, I definitely want to get into your, you know, kind of your personal story, man. Like, so uh, let's say you started as a musician. Like, what was what was your earliest memories of music? What do you remember that, like, Drew, you to like this this thing. I want to do this thing called music. Uh, listening to the radio, yeah. and and then also I, I started out in uh, playing in, in uh, junior high school band. You know, playing drums. I remember the year my last year of elementary school went to a Christmas parade with all the marching bands. You know, the okay. drummers playing cadences. Man, I thought my heart was going to jump out of my chest. (laughs) You know, it's like, man, I have got to do that. You know, so I I don't know. At that point, I was, I don't know, probably 11 years old, maybe. Yeah. You know, and that's when it hit me. And I started playing when I was 12, you know, in the junior high band. And uh, and I, I majored in music, you know, in college. And... There was this little studio, and uh, now I've said I was from Jonesboro, Arkansas, which I'm from, but that's also a, a college town. Okay. Arkansas State University uh, was there, okay. and I used to go in. Well, I got my first airplane when I was in the eighth grade. I played in a band. We won first place in a talent contest, and one of the local radio stations was getting the, these calls to play our records. 
our records. We're in the eighth grade. (laughs) But uh, we went into a studio there and we cut a demo on a couple of songs and they actually played one of those on the air. So I actually heard my first airplay on the radio when I was 14. And, And then I used to go hang out at the studio whenever they would let me hang out. And this one particular day, I'm just there and they're doing a session. Uh, I'm observing it and, you know, I'm just being quiet, out of the way. I just wanted to be in the room, see what was going on. And they took a break and the drummer comes over to me because I'd met him. And he said, you know, in this song, he said, I I really hear bongos on this. I said, yeah. He And he looked at me and he said, you want to play drums on this one? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I tried not to seem too eager, but right. it was like, oh, my gosh, yes. So because I'd been listening to him go over the song. So, I, I you know, I had the arrangement already in my head. So that, so he got out bongos and they mic'd them up and I got over it. I think we probably did maybe two takes at that point. And the last take, they said, OK, great, that's it. And then one morning when I'm driving to class at Arkansas State, I'm listening to the local radio station and I hear me playing drums on this record. Wow. And I got to tell you, man, that, that was, that was cool. I was excited about that. And, and then I got hired for another session. Uh, Now, by the way, everything at this point I've done, I've done for free. Okay. You know, I just, please let me in the door. Yeah. Yeah. But I got hired to play a session. Uh, The session was, it lasted six hours. It felt like 20 minutes. Yeah. And at the end of that session, I remember saying to myself, this is what I want to do. I was 19 years old mm. and I, I figured out right then, this is mm. what I want to do. Wow. So, you know, I figured that out, you know, pretty early. And of course I, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know anybody in the music business. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't. I didn't have any ends okay. really anywhere. And, and I say that, and I'll say that sometimes, you know, to young people getting started. I mean, I all I had was, I mean, I felt like I had some talent because I was yeah. fairly good at what I did. Was yeah. I this seasoned pro? Of course not. Right. Uh, did I have big ends with people? No, I didn't. Okay. But you know, you just take it a step at a time and you just move forward. And some people are going to tell you no. Yeah. You know, some people are going to say you're crazy. Why are you trying to do this? It's too hard. And it is hard. It is hard. Right. <laughs> you know? But uh, I, yeah. I think you said this this earlier was, you know, you have a calling for it. Yeah. It's, it's not just about the money. You know, I, I've been very fortunate. You know, you can read down my credential list and it's like, wow, you work with all those people. Yeah, I did. But you know what? I still had a whole lot of times. It's like, well, how am I going to pay rent this month? Yeah. You know, because not always. Yeah. And I always managed to pay the rent, too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but at the same time, that doesn't mean that it was always easy. Yeah. You know, so if uh, yeah. you know, if someone goes out there and, and they run into obstacles, which you will. You will always do. I ran into I ran into some recently. That it's just uh, look. If you don't like adversity, you probably want to get out of this business because I want to try to get, get out of life, life. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, because it's just part of it. You know, yeah. I read this the other day. It was like 
you know, being happy is not having a life without problems. Right. It's learning how to deal with problems. Deal, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that's a that's a biggie. I know a lot of times parents, some parents, you know, I, I hate to generalize because there's so many exceptions to everything, mm-hmm. but a lot of times parents don't will not allow their kids to fail. Right. How do you learn to get up if you don't fail? If you yeah. don't fail, yeah, you know that that's part of growing and maturing. Yeah. So that when things do get tough, you don't fall apart, and you know, and how, you, and you know, and you know how to handle it. Like you have, yeah. like because in this business, you're going to be tested every which way. You know, you, you know, Danny. I'm sure after sessions, you were told, "Hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to get paid this amount of money." And guess what? The check never came. You know, amen. You know, and so now you're calling like, where's my check? I've done the work. You know, I've done the work. Where's my check? Because in this business, people will have you do the work and forget about you. So, you know, and I'm like, no, like you have things to do, too. You've counted on that money somewhere, too, because in this business, it's you have a peak season. So there's going to be a lot of work. There's going to be no work going on. So you have to put your money to a situation where you can plan for those rainy days where like they're not getting yeah. a call. I'm sure now in your career, you know, that you've done like with anything else, you, you know, you have a standard now that you won't work for nothing less than that. You know what I mean? But that also, you've also been in the business 50 years. So, you know, but you base those decisions on all the information that's presented to you. Yeah, I mean, because, yes, I mean, I have certain, uh, you know, fees that I want to get. But, you know, sometimes if there's some project that I just really believe in, yeah. you know, I. Oh, gosh. Let's just say I've made little to nothing before. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if if it would have been successful, then maybe I would have made a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, but, you know. You just, you never know. You try to use your best judgment. But, you know, again, for people starting out, and I was the same. I mean, my biggest break as far as recording came when I was hired by a man named Alan Toussaint, uh, who lived, who was here in New Orleans. Alan has passed on now. But Alan and his partner uh, at the time, Marshall Seahorn, they came across a tape of a band that I had recorded in Memphis. And they wanted to sign the group. Now, I had just done this as a, 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 a I don't want to say freebie, but it was. Mm-hmm. But I was looking to try to get some kind of a deal on the group. And uh, Marshall Seahorn had called the group and said, hey, listen, I want to, uh, I'd, I'd love to hop, you know, sign you guys to a production deal and have you come down to New Orleans and record. And the leader of the band, bless his heart, said, we'd love to do that. Would it be possible for us to bring the producer engineer we've been working with in Memphis with us, mm-hmm. which was me? Mm-hmm. And Marshall said, well, yeah, we could do that. I mean, he already heard my work. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm actually looking for an engineer. Do you think he would be interested in relocating? And he mm-hmm. said, well, I don't know, but we'll talk to him. So anyway, this led to a phone call. Marshall says, hey, listen, uh, I'd like, I'm gonna, I'll send you a round trip uh, airline ticket. Uh, 
put you up in a hotel. I'll make sure that you don't starve and <laughs> just hang out for a few days. You get to know us. We get to know you. And let's go from there. And I said, sounds like a winner to me. So I did. I hung out for a few days and they made me an offer and I accepted it. And I went to work there. And after I recorded my group, the first artist I worked with there was Etta James. Wow. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Etta James, who wow. was like a mother hen. Etta was so nice to me. I can't even begin to tell you. And she she was like like her arm around me, and I don't mean necessarily literally, but trying to help me and make me look good in front of my new boss, Alan. And and then because they were doing so many uh, national acts, I, I got credits just because I was again there, you know, on staff. Okay, so let me, uh, now, let me ask you this question. Like yes, you being a you being a Caucasian man working in black music, working with black artists. Mm -hmm. How like how was like how was that for you? Like how that was one of like how was you know, cause you come from an era where there was black music departments. There is it now. I mean we call them urban, but it's like you had black music, which was different from yeah. pop music, which was different from country music, which <clears throat> is different from so how was I've always, cause I've always, I know your background. I know you work with a lot of black artists. I've always kind of wondered. Lot. Yeah. I've always, you know, I've always kind of wondered that, you know, I never got a chance to ask you that question. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, there were many times I was the only uh, white skinned person, yeah. you know, on the session. I, I never. I remember, and I guess I was probably asking a question. When I was a little boy, I remember asking my mother, evidently, I don't remember the question, uh, but I'm sure it had to do with black people. And my mother's response was, listen, we were all made in God's image. Yeah. Every person is a child of God. Right. Okay. <laughs> I get that. Right. You know? and, right. and then when I was a teenager, uh, I had a part-time job working uh, at a bus station and uh, some of the people I worked with, you know, were black people. And I had, you know, when I first started the school where I was, uh, it was segregated, okay. but, but then, uh, you know, it became integrated, I guess, by the time I was in high school right. and where I was, there was just, there was never an issue with it. Gotcha. You know, I, I literally do not ever remember any negativity that was said from anybody about, you know, the, the whole, you know, integration thing. And then when I started working with people, um, you judge people by their work ethic and not, you know, not by the color of their skin. Somebody right. said something one time to me on, uh, on some session I was on about being a white guy. Another one of the musicians, you know, who was black said, who are you calling white? You know, this guy is white. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it just, yeah. uh, I'll tell you, the only times that it's been uncomfortable has been when somebody came in, and, and generally it wasn't part of the session, but right. I had a guy come in one time, and, and uh, he was a black guy, and I'll tell you what, I've never felt so much hatred 
toward me mm. as I as I felt from this person. Mm. As a matter of fact, when he left, those musicians came in and they apologized. Mm. And they said, look, he just had he has a hard time with white people. He had some bad experiences. And, mm. you know, I just said, well, man, you know, I, you know, I hate to hear that because, you know, all of us have bad experiences. Yeah. At, one time or another. I mean, I've had bad experiences with white people. Right. You know? <laughs> you know, people are people. But, you right. know, it's also probably because of the area of the country, you know, that I grew up in. But I'll say this. When I moved down to New Orleans uh, and started working there, uh, most of the people, now most of our staff was pretty much split mm. uh, 50-50. Mm-hmm. Although I think when I was there, all the engineers, I say all the three of us, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we were all all white. But everybody, I don't care what color, everybody welcomed me with open arms, yeah. you know. And when when that happens, it just it, it's, it's a work situation. I was on one project. And I've been on the project for about a month. And I looked around one day and I went, wow, I'm the only white guy on this project. Yeah. I've been on the project a month before that even dawned. Well, I, and I thought, and thinking about that, people respect your work. I think, you know, thinking about white people in black music, right? I think that black culture, I've been to seven different countries around the world, so I can speak from a perspective of being in multiple places around the world. Our culture resonates, Black culture resonates pretty much everywhere. I mean, Elvis Presley made a living off of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he, he loved Black music. Now, when people don't make me love Black, they may not love Black people, but they sure as hell love Black music, you know? So... You know, I don't I don't get people who yeah. don't like somebody, whatever. Right. You know, Based off the color of Right. Based off right. Uh, I don't get it. And you know what? I'm glad I don't get it. Right. You know, now I'm I mean, logically, yes. I mean, I understand. I understand certain situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when I again when I was a teenager, I was approached in Memphis by about a half a dozen young black guys that thought I needed to give them all of my money. Mm. And that ended up being okay because one of the guys in, the, in that little crew, and I didn't know these guys, you know, at all, but uh, I just said something to one of the guys. We actually had the same kind of shirt on. Oh, and okay. I said, <laughs> I said, Hey man, I like your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at his shirt and looked at mine. And he said, "Yeah, yeah." And he said, "Hey, man, you 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 leave my brother alone here." You know, <laughs> and it ended up being okay. Now, I could have taken an attitude. Yeah. Oh, oh, black people. You know, they tried to rob me. They did. They did. Yeah. But but to put everybody in that category right. would have just been so wrong. And and I see this. So when when I see this with, and again, I don't care what group that you're talking about to call everybody the worst thing. Yeah. It's just, first of all, it's just wrong. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's certainly it's certainly not fair. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I'm not sure anyone has ever asked me the question. No, I mean, me I was interested because I just I just know knowing your background, knowing that you work with a lot of well known, you know, people of color. You know. Um, <laughs> well, I have a friend. Uh, he's, he's a black guy in yeah. uh, in Houston, and he knows some of the some of the same people who know of me, they think I'm black because we've never <laughs> met. And I said, well, don't, don't tell them any different. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, I have good friends uh, and, and, you know, Houston, Texas right now, from what I've read is the number one city in the country as far as diversity. And I, you know, I teach junior high and high school students drums and percussion. Right. In addition to the studio stuff that I do, right. and I got I got students from all over the world. Wow. I'm not kidding. I've had students from Africa, South America, Central America, Canada, Malaysia, China, yeah. uh, Israel, mm. uh, probably uh, India. Yeah. I've been and, there. I've been there. A couple of places. I've been. Yeah. Well, and you know what? All these people are nice. Yeah, good people. P- <laughs> People generally are nice people. Now, are you going to find jerks also everywhere? Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but don't don't be short sighted enough, and don't cheat yourself out of the experience of being able to make friends with someone just because they look or talk differently. You know, Absol- a- absolutely, absolutely, and you know the industry. Especially at that time, there was it's just a different space, and you needed, you know, you needed people. You still do. And this is a people business. You know, you yeah. have to you have to love people in order to make it in this business. But you know, well, well I was just going to say, I think that when people do have attitudes, I, I think it comes from a lot of insecurities. Yeah, yeah, and people are, you know, afraid of someone. Sometimes right. afraid of the unknown. Right. And, you know, I got on the elevator this morning. You know, I'm staying at a hotel here in New Orleans. Yeah. And I got on an elevator early this morning to go down to have breakfast. And there were about about five other people got on the elevator. And I'm looking around and everybody, a couple of them are staring at their phones. Mm-hmm. And everybody just, you know, very stern face. And I said, good morning. And everybody on that elevator immediately smiled. And the whole attitude changed because, and I'm not sure that I've ever done that before, but I just felt like, boy, these people look so serious this morning. Yeah. And so just, just saying good morning, every person on that elevator smiled. We all got off and we were going the same place. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I should do that more often. Yeah. I think, I think you know, when I meet people in the industry and I know who they are, they don't know who I am, I always try to say, I treat people like people, right? I mean, yes. you know, when you meet somebody and you know what they've done and you respect what they've done, that's great. But when they meet me, hey, I'm Darrell, you know, hey, hey what do you, you know, just what I do. You know what I mean? Like, and I just treat like a human. At the end of the day, they're human beings. Like they're they're humans. They don't want, like they know the work they've done. They know they they know they've done prestigious work. They, you don't have to tell them that. They know. You know. You don't have to act. You know, different around them. You know. I just try to treat people like people. You know. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it makes a difference, man. I think it makes a difference because at the end of the day, like we were saying earlier, it's just a small business, and I want people to a small industry. So those, I want people to remember me about being positive and just man, I, this guy, I got Durant, like him. You know what I mean? And I and I love people. Then that's why I'm in this business. It's people and relationships. You know, at that at the core, that's what this is all about, man. People and relationships. You know. And obviously, obviously, you need to have some talent too along the way, whatever it is you do. But it's people and relationships. And if you're able to kind of, ma- you know, manage that and understand how to make that work, you know, and you have to. And sometimes the music industry can be a bit of a game, and you have to understand how to navigate it. And some people, and not everybody's going to be your best friend. You know, you're going to have some professional friends. You're going to have mm-hmm. some people that are not going to always be. You're not going to invite to the family barbecue, but they're a good contact to have. Because you need, to, you know, it's just, it's just the nature of it. So you know, it's, it's just, it's just understanding how to, how to be mindful of people, how to be respectful of people, especially with women. Being respectful of them because you know, unfortunately, we're in an era now where you, you have to be careful what you say because these days, you know, people want to cancel you real quick <laughs> for saying something yeah. that taken out of context that you didn't mean, you know. Uh, I, I am so careful at times that I've had people say, you don't have to be this careful with me. And it's yeah. like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, but you know, everything you're saying is just is so right on target. You just just pe- treat people with respect. Yeah, that's what you know, it is. Mean, yeah. Listen, I have four sisters, and I had a, a strong mother. She's, she's passed on. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a four-year-old granddaughter. Uh, you think I don't have respect for women? I mean, I, I mean, I saw my sisters. I mean, two of my sisters were younger, and two of my sisters were older. Yeah. And uh, boy, I mean, I, I had so much respect uh, that that hit me, you know. Well, all my life, you know, early on. So I, I've never, I've never tried to disrespect, uh, you know, a female. And you know, we're all just. I, I'm listen. You know, you talk about. I'm just glad people have let me in the door. Yeah, you, you know, to, <laughs> you're, you know, to you're, work. You're very grateful, and like I said, and even now, then, like to be in this business for as long as you have, you probably had to reinvent yourself a couple of different times. You probably had to do some things, and you know, and, I'm in the I'm in the middle of one of those right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Dolby Atmos mixer. Yeah, which is a new thing. Which is like it's a new know, thing. And it was a lot to learn, and it kicked my rear for a while. I'm not kidding. I hate to – I don't hate to admit it. I hate that I had to go through it uh, because, you know, you get – and I talked to a couple of friends of mine that were doing it too, and yeah. it's like, wow, this was a lot tougher than I thought because, you know, these are like really experienced guys. And yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't learn it because we have and are learning it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so – yeah, this is I don't know. There there've been a few of me along the way. So well, well, I mean, and I think that's not because the music industry has changed, even from like, you know, a marketing and promotional. So for instance, nowadays you wouldn't go to radio first. When you first started, like you said, the radio was important. Terrestrial radio was something was what you wanted. You wanted your song on the radio. Now, as a new as an independent artist, you wouldn't it costs too much money. To go to radio first, you know what I mean. Yeah. To work on one single at radio, it's a quarter of a million dollars to do a national campaign. That's one song that we don't know if it's going to be a hit or not. 
You know, so I mean, yeah. Of course, you know there there are cheaper ways to do it on a lesser scale. Absolutely. And, but you know, you have to weigh the cost of that against the uh, the potential of it because I've done a couple of records. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the last what two years, I've had two records go number one on uh, Roots Radio. Roots okay. Radio Review, I think, was the name of it. And it's a worldwide chart. Good. And one was in the blues rock. And gosh, what was the other one? I guess it was in the blues category. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and I asked, I said, okay, what does this mean? Now, if you're number one at Billboard, okay, okay I, I understand that one. Yeah. But when you're number one on something, even though it's worldwide, and I've forgotten how many radio stations they cover, and it's a lot, but but these days, so many times, it's like they may be on one radio station on one show a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, okay, we, we just got put in heavy rotation. You know, right. you're right. It's it's not exactly the way it was, you know, in the old days, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Uh, but there is all that other stuff involved. And honestly, everybody I know is still trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah, it's changing. I mean... When you think about social media, right? So when I'm teaching artists, I'm working with artists. Everything, for the most part, is about building a brand online. Because that's where people are going to initially connect to you. And so, which was different from what you would do before. Like, art, so when you're learning, for instance, you once you learn the TikTok thing, and now TikTok changes, and then you have to go learn this. There's so many things you have to learn because it's changing. Every five mm-hmm. months, something's new. And it's a, see, a lot of a lot of creatives that I run into, they'll say, "Man, I wish the music industry would go back to where it used to be." It's not. You just better get on. You better get on the train and just understand this is what it is. If you want to do this as a professional, you know, you're. Did I use the word? I use the word content creator with a focus on music. That's the term I use for this generation. I don't use the term recording artist because I don't think in this generation, especially for young artists, I don't think that's a real thing. I think it is. You got to record the song, but it's content, you know, without having content around it, the song isn't going to do anything. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's, that's where, to me, that's why I use that term of content creator with a focus on music. <laughs> yeah. That's just, you know. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. Um, well, you're right on everything that you said from, from what I've seen. And yeah. that for one, too, it's also it's constantly changing. Yeah. And I can't uh, I don't know of anybody yet who's totally got it all figured out. Nobody does. Nobody has it all figured out. I, the, look, Danny, the labels and tell me from your perspective, like the record labels don't even know what the hell they're doing. They don't know. They have no clue. They can tell you oh. they don't. They, they have no clue what they're doing. They're like, you know, the kids, the, the artists that make it understand their brand, they understand their message, they understand how to market themselves. They just need somebody to pour gasoline on it. The ones that make it, the ones that understand it. The rec because the record companies, they can't tell you what's going they don't know what's going to work. Nobody does. That's a crazy it's a wild wild mm-hmm. west. Nobody knows what's going to work. I mean how do you how do you feel about our artist development? Do you think that for you that that that, that matters for you still? Like if you do you take new artists and develop them? I mean is that something that you, you, you have you ever really yes. done that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've done it unsuccessfully more than once. Uh And what I mean by unsuccessfully, as far as it being financially successful, 
Right. You, you know, yeah, but I'm actually, and it's probably premature, so I won't say anything about the specific artist, but uh, Barry Coughing and yeah. I, and two, uh, actually three other uh, gentlemen uh, are taking on an artist. And yeah. we, we have a game plan. Yeah. And it's an artist and I, who has I, a lot of talent. And I, I think Barry's, I think Barry's told me, I don't have the name, but I think he, I, when I, last time I talked to him, I think he did mention that he's getting ready to get behind somebody he really believes in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to say his name out. No, no, no. Yeah. We're not, yeah, we're not going to. I don't, I couldn't even tell you who the name was. If he, if he did tell me, he didn't, I don't think he even told me but, the name. But, so. but I'm going to tell you the, the crew of folks that we have behind us, it's, it's pretty impressive if I do say so myself because I'm one of them. But <laughs> I mean, my cohorts there, I mean, all of us have had pretty major success. Absolutely. In, in, the, in the business. Absolutely. Uh, but, but we're all music creators. Yes. So we're, we're expanding our uh, sphere of uh, people here because uh, we understand uh, and, and you know we're taking steps but we haven't even started recording the first thing yet oh wow okay okay so you know it's uh it's going to take a little little bit of time you know for us to get that together but we're talking about because one of our, one of our guys is is european okay and he's real big in the uh you know the edm dance market in, okay. uh, in, in europe and very successful in that Gotcha. So, so anyway, we'll uh, hopefully, let's say a year from now, I would have a whole lot of really good, strong things to say about this because I'm I'm ready for something to really work. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, you know, when you, when you take on an artist, an artist development is especially the old school way. I mean, if if you want to do it the old school way, because a lot of young kids today do not want to do it the old school way, because it just for them it just takes too much time. I mean, young people want things to move fast, quick, and in a hurry. That's just because that's just kind of well, way. You, you let me tell you what I from what I have seen. Again, my opinion. Yeah. What I have seen. Here's the problem with most of the young artists that I've seen. They're not that good. <laughs> they, they think right. they're better than they are yeah. and they don't have experience to go out in front of a crowd. Now there are exceptions. Yeah. Like this one artist that I was talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. He totally blew us away. And that's why you got a whole bunch of people who are getting ready to invest in this artist. Right. But but most of the people I, I'm not saying that they're horrible, but if you think that you're going to be a star, right? You better be a star. A star. <laughs> it, it means that there is something really, really special. And if you don't feel that you're at that point yet, then you need to work on your craft. Yeah. Whatever it is, singer, engineer, songwriter, what, whatever, uh, producer doesn't matter. You better get your act together and be really, really good, you know, at what you do. And I'm saying this, uh, especially to artists, uh, although it's to everyone that I just said, but boy, you better be good. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I don't mean just okay. And 
don't rely on your friends or your parents. <laughs> you know, mom and dad are going to go, oh, honey, oh, son, man, you are fantastic. Don't listen to I'm not saying don't listen to them. That's not what I mean. Yeah. But that's not really the best judge. Right. Because they have, a, they have a biased opinion. Right. Yeah. I mean, if your dad's president of a major record company, maybe that's another story. Yeah. But, uh, but most of us, you know, are not in that situation. But yeah. people have to learn a work ethic. Yes. yes. Every, 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 without exception, every successful person that I know has a very, very serious work ethic. Yeah. And you better, if you don't have it yet, you better develop it or, yeah. or you're not going to survive. Yeah. yeah. Now, those no. words sometimes people don't want to hear. It's true. But now that's not just my opinion. That's fact. <laughs> no, you have to, because, Danny, there's people that are not nice in this business. They don't really have, don't really want to teach you anything. You know, they don't want to, you have to, like, for, for you to share your knowledge, your four to five plus decades of knowledge, that matters. For you to take, you see, we talked earlier about interns. For you to stop and teach them things. It's just making your job that you have been paid to do at an efficient rate and if to do quickly. And now it's taking you longer to do it because you're teaching somebody along the way that you have to believe that this it's going to be worth your time to do that. You know, so you've got to realize your knowledge, man, you know, people, the if information is out there, what you're paying for, what you, when people, when you mentor or someone's paying, it's because of the execution of the knowledge. If anybody can get the, the knowledge is out there. If you, I mean, you go to YouTube University, it's out there. But what when you go work with somebody directly, they're gonna kind of show you based on their experiences. Not everybody has different experiences. Based on their experiences, okay, how to navigate certain situations that a book can't tell you, right? Um, a book can't tell you everything because there's certain things that can't be accounted for within a book that that you just have to have experiences to know how to do it. Well, we used to to talk about it like this because you know, I used to teach some classes at the University of Memphis uh, in in recording technology, music production, songwriting, mm-hmm. and I did that. I was adjunct faculty for over ten years, okay. and so we talk about all this with, with students and and even like like full sale. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember one of the things that I remember about the full sale interns that I work with. Mm-hmm. They didn't really truly know how to do anything, yeah. Except they had wonderful attitudes, yeah. yeah. You know, and and here's, and of course, you know, when we taught uh, in in our department, you know, at the university, you learn the basics about how everything works, yeah. But you don't really learn what you do. So you go out and you start doing it. But yeah. what you should be able to do, let's just say you start with two people, uh, and let's say that their talents and abilities uh, are equal. Yeah. But one has gone to a school and the other has not. In theory, when, you, when they start out on the same job, that person that went to school is going to learn at a faster sure. rate yeah. Because of the knowledge that they picked up, you know, in school. Yeah. And, and I think people, you know, need to think about that. I mean, to me, if I and, and there were times I did get 
to, to listen to people who had been in the business for a long time. But if I was trying to get into this business and I could find somebody that had been around as I might, that didn't have to be as long as me, but that has been around and done a lot of stuff, man, I'd sit there and remind myself that I have one mouth and two ears. Yeah. yeah. Use those ears. Yeah. You can ask questions, but use those ears and learn from those people. There's no reason that you have to reinvent the wheel if someone can already tell you how to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, look, dude, we could be here forever in a day. I want to respect your time. Um, and it's been great to have you. We're going to come back and we're going to talk next time more about getting into your career. We haven't even touched the surface of things that you've done. No, no. But, I, but, I, but it's just been such a great conversation. And um, I just want to thank you. But before we get out of here, how can we have about a minute left? How can the people find okay. you? How, how can they connect to you? Uh, I have a, a website. So, you know, www.dannyjonesproductions.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. And guy. It, that's, that's my propaganda pages. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but it's also, uh, you know, my email address and, and phone number. You know, if you do need to get in touch, texting is better than, than calling. Okay. Uh, to be quite honest, if I don't recognize the number, I figure it's somebody trying to sell me something. Gotcha. And, uh, I, I don't answer it, but you know. But if you send a text, that's that, or or an email, either one, and and all that information is on my website. Wonderful, wonderful guys, and it's been a great episode. Until next time, this is your host, Darrell Pierce. I'm out of here. Peace.